1: Rob Black, let's bring in Patrick O'Hare to talk us down off the cliff after a couple of four days of a rough spell on the S&P 500. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. How was your vacation?
2: It was outstanding. I was uh, in a nice, warm, sunny place, which was uh, desperately needed after uh, enduring the, the winter here in Chicago. So uh, uh, good to be back at work, but uh, I certainly miss that Florida sunshine. <laughs>
1: When I was more active as an investment advisor many, many, many years ago, vacations kind of stunk because I always kept one eye on the market. Um, Are you keeping one eye on the market, or do you just totally check out and, and do what you're supposed to and unwind?
2: Yeah, i I try to totally check out. I I, I think at, at most what I might do is just look at the end of the day, see where the major average is finished, but uh, I don't really delve into kind of, you know, how they got there or why they got there, just keeping tabs on things. And so, uh, yeah, my MO is pretty much to uh, to be on vacation <laughs> when I go away. So, uh, so as I come back today, I am admittedly still – getting my bearings and getting a little caught up to speed here with uh, the market activity. But uh, uh, I think it's good for the, uh, for the mind and the soul just to uh, set it aside for a little bit.
1: It seems that one of the stories of this year, Mr. Herr, briefing.com market analyst, chief market analyst, it seems one of the stories is momentum has broken down and value has kind of caught a bid. Um, a sector correction, is that about right and is that a good thing?
2: Yeah, well, you know the the momentum uh, from what I could gather, and, and, and catching up here. Obviously, we saw you know a lot of the most those quote momentum stocks get get crushed uh, last week, and even even leading up to last week, uh, you know I saw the biotech sector act very poorly, and so um, you know these corrections do need to happen because it just it, it just We've talked about it in the past, Rob, just about how it's, you know, elements of froth in the market and the speculative excess is, you know, it's not really – it's always going to be part of the market action. But when you start getting it in broad swaths, uh, it's not a good thing. And um, and unfortunately, probably there's plenty of people that are learning that momentum can cut both ways, and uh, if you've not prepared yourself for that, Potential, um, you know, big losses are, are you know, potentially going to be realized, and so, um, to the extent that you're seeing these these corrections, like, frankly, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, we had uh, we were starting to see this uh, pipeline of IPOs really gather steam, and and some of those uh, new issues take off going crazy on their first day of trading like we saw in the, you know, the good old days. Uh, and that's some worrisome price action when you're talking about companies that really don't have much in the way of earnings. And, and so you have that excess supply hitting at the same time where, you know, prior IPOs, you've seen lockup expirations. Uh, so you had just more supply coming on. And I think that really interfered with some of the momentum, if you will, in some of those uh, other names that... Traders had grown to love, and so you're seeing this correction take place, and it's been quick and it's been aggressive and that that is typically what happens and I think it helps reset people's expectations though and and really reorients a lot of investors into uh, looking at good profitable companies that don't have that type of uh, you know trading volatility.
1: <laughs> Let's talk a little profit in your morning update, page one that you publish every morning. You talked about swift transportation in Brunswick announcing bad weather, earnings misses, or earnings guidance lower. Um, American Airlines just did a similar thing. How big of an impact is this going to have on earnings, the weather, mm-hmm. and do we care? Because we'll eventually get back to business as usual. Right. I think that, you know,
2: that is the, the big question is, is, you know, will the market really care? I think that, you know, it's well known that the weather was, was terrible in the first quarter for a good part of the country. Um, so you have seen uh, analysts lower their earnings projections for the first quarter the sp500 earnings uh according to facts that are now expected to be down 1.2% uh at year end 2013 they're expected to be up a little bit more than 4% um and you've seen a you know a, a significant number of companies cutting their their earnings expectations you know citing the bad weather and so I do think that you're going to see some element of there being a, uh, a free pass, if you will, as companies come out and report some disappointing first quarter earnings. The key, obviously, is you know what they say about you know the second quarter and the rest of the year. Current estimates for the second quarter uh, consensus earnings estimates, uh, S&P 500, are expected to grow about eight percent. So we're expecting some you know. Some growth to pick up, obviously, on the earnings front, and then even higher for the third and fourth quarters. Uh, that's not unusual as you get closer to those actual reporting periods. The analysts end up probably, you know, tend to cut those estimates somewhat as more warnings come in. But, but anyway, you are going to hear certainly a number of companies uh, lament the bad weather for some uh, earnings disappointments. I don't think that the market will care as much uh, when they do primarily because the market is already suffering some um, indigestion here, and you're seeing some price corrections take place, so the surprise won't be as, as uh, strong as it might be otherwise. And I think you're starting to wring out some of that potential sell-the-news response here. And you may even, in fact, see you know, a buy the dip type of move uh, as companies try to allay concerns about the, the first-quarter disappointments.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the IMF came out today and said pretty good things about the U.K., about Germany, about the United States. Uh, maybe took some exceptions with, you know, Russia and some other countries. Uh, some concern on China and Europe, but hopeful concern as well. Um, when I see something so big picture is that it's kind of like a, a flag where I go, I'm relaxed. Oh, that's that's good. That's nice. Mm. Um, how much weight do you put in IMF forecast translating into – American capitalism will figure it out and make money right right
2: well, when you you know just look at you know u s economies with sixteen trillion dollar economy and and we kind of always uh, poke fun at economists uh not being able to forecast our own economy accurately right <laughs> now you have Fair. uh an agency forecasting the entire world right it's giving its best guess in terms of what you know is likely to to play out so you know, qualitatively, I think it's it's uh, good information. Um, you know, quantitatively, I, we'll see in the end the IMF is going to be wrong about that forecast. There's no way to accurately project, <laughs> you know, uh, each country. Uh, uh, but I think, in, you know, just the, the qualitative assessment is, is – is sounding about right, and it fits kind of with our view that you have the U.S. economy, you know, still not doing great, but you know, doing better than a lot of other developed economies right now. Um, Germany obviously has been continuing to surprise and doing very well. The U.K. is is gathering momentum here, uh, and as you point out, there's obviously concerns about some, of, you know, the growth slowdown in China. But um, you know, these forecasts uh, they obviously make for some interesting headlines. They're worth paying attention to, but. Uh, but I don't take them at face value right when they come out, just because, uh, I mean, things are, you can't tell the future, obviously. You can make your best guess. Um, and I think they provided a nice range of estimates there uh, that will offer some qualitative um, guidelines for people to keep stock of uh, in the coming months.
1: I'm speaking to the very smart, very insightful, which is what I like. Patrick O'Hare, chief Market Analyst, briefing.com. I'll consolidate this interview. I'll post it on Twitter. I'll send a debriefing to a little later today. So if you miss it, it's always there on Tuesday, seven thirty-ish. Um, what are you working on, Mr. O'Hara? What, what do you see as important
2: these these moments that you're back from vacation? Right. Well, I'm working on playing some catch-up, admittedly, um, and uh, I'll be working on um, offering some additional first-quarter reporting period insight. Uh, what we might uh, take out of that, and I think I've given you a little bit of a preview of that in terms of what I think the market's reaction will be to first-quarter results, and and sort of giving companies a bit of a hall pass as it relates to some first-quarter earnings disappointments. But so that'll be you know one thing I'm working on this week, and then obviously we'll be continuing to watch the you know the price action on. Fold here and uh, and how the momentum stocks uh, respond as to whether there's any buy-the-dip interest or whether they continue to sell off. Thanks for joining us.
1: That is Chief Market Analyst Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing is a website that, and again, when he was on vacation for a week, I missed his writings. Um, it, I think you need to develop a team of insights that help comfort you, that help, you know, You figure out what the market's doing and why it's doing it. This market's not going to zero as much as some gold bugs out there want it to. I think we're a market based in capitalism in the United States. I think that model's catching on more and more around the world as communism failed and socialism has a high cost to the workers. So, you know, is there a mix now? Are we more of a socialist country than we were 10 years ago? I think there's some fair statements in that. Than 20 years ago, Absolutely. Um, but is that a bad thing? No. I think there's an ebb and flow, a give and take, and uh, getting people like Patrick O'Hara to talk market analysts, he's not going to make you the most money in the world because he curbs his enthusiasm, but he's also going to keep you in the game. And one of the things you want to do as an investor is stay in the game. One of the biggest mistakes you could make is try to market time. Notice I don't have a market timer on the show. How many market timers have I ever met worth a million dollars? Zero. As the hilarious quote is, 0.0. So if you want to be that person, that's great. I got an email from the other day from a man who his son, I think, inherited $50,000 and he's 7 years old. He says, the market feels a little high to me right now. Should I wait? I'm like, he's 7. market goes up 7 out of 10 years. Okay, so maybe it goes down. Yeah. If you're really that worried, spread it out over 2 or 3 years or two or three quarters. But I try not to market time. Right now, value's working very, very well. Momentum's not. Maybe now is the time to pick up some momentum at a discount. Maybe now is to say, hey, value's got a way to go. So anyway, briefing.com can be found online. Briefing.com. I've worked with them for 15-plus years. Top notch. i got a seminar coming up. You can sign up for it in Burlingame. You can learn more about it at robblack.com. That's
2: robblack.com. Market Minute.
0: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KBOW
1: and iHeart Radio Station. Okay, so there's some stories out there.